You have not retired from that position. Father, you have not changed your mind and repented and gone in a different direction. Father, if you were ever our healer, you're still our healer. So, Father, we thank you for that. We give you all praise and honor for it, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Is the Lord good? Yes. Amen. You know, the word Rapha there, of course, we see it in... Um, Exodus 15, 26, he said, I am the Lord that healeth thee. And that word healeth there is Rapha. And it means, uh, of course, healer, physician, um, uh, surgeon. Some translations translate as surgeon, right? And so uh, he's the one who heals, amen? amen? And so we thank the Lord for that. So, you know, I had a question for you then. <clears throat> um, in all the people in the world, how many people in the world does the Lord desire not to be saved? Now, is there anybody that's just on his bad list that has made it to, you know, uh, Santa Claus's bad list, you know, and, and going to get a lump of coal? No, so, so who, who could get saved if they wanted to be? Well, well why, are they, why do they have the ability to get saved? Because the Lord Jesus has done the work, right? And, and is it his desire that they get saved? So nobody's on the list, right? Nobody's on the list that thou shalt not be saved. Amen. Well, if that's true, then uh, the word sozo, of course, we talk, we've talked a lot about that over the years. The word sozo is the, is the Greek word that's used for saved, right? Uh, thou shalt be saved. Whoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Well, that word sozo is also translated as whole or be healed. Uh, and so if, if it's the same exact Greek word, so if there's, if there's ever a desire for the Lord to heal or to save everybody, then it's the same word that he desires to heal everybody. Yes. <clears throat> so there's never a situation where, where God in heaven, the Father in heaven, looks down upon humanity and says, my desire is for them not to be healed. Uh, just as the same way as he looks down from heaven upon all of humanity and, and, and uh, <clears throat> says, my desire is for them to be saved. So if his desire is to save, his desire is also to heal. And you can't separate those two. Amen. And he intentionally set it up that way that, uh, <clears throat> um, that you can't separate salvation and healing as far as his desire is concerned. So let me ask you one other question then. So if God's desire is for everybody to get saved, well, then clearly everybody is going to get saved. Is that true? No. Well, why not? If God's desire is for them to be saved, why won't they get saved? Because we have a free will, right? We get to make a choice. We get to choose to receive salvation. Well, we get to choose to believe in healing. Amen? Uh, and when we choose to believe in healing, we have the same result as when we choose to be saved. Amen? Uh, it's really not that. Doctrinally, it's not any harder than that. People always try to uh, wrap healing in some incredibly difficult to understand faith message or if I'm just good, or if I'm perfect, I don't make any faults or have any failings in my life maybe God might shine upon me and heal my body. And we, so we, make, we actually make healing a more difficult doctrine to obtain than salvation. And yet Jesus said, you know, which one is harder, to forgive sins or to heal the body? And he said, to prove to you that I have the authority to forgive sins, then he healed the body. And so, uh, you know, he was saying that it was harder actually to forgive sins. Uh, and so it's a, um, this is not a hard doctrine. Amen. Healing is not a difficult doctrine. Amen. Uh, and the, the fundamental 
uh, ability for you to obtain healing by faith is to get established in your heart that God's desire every single time without exception is to heal my body. Amen. If you'll get that settled in your heart, then you can pursue healing like you pursue anything else, right? Uh, because anything that, that's in the Word of God it belongs to us. Yeah. If he says uh, that, uh, but my God shall supply all of your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus, didn't he say that in Philippians 4.19? Yeah. Then uh, is it God's desire every single time without exception to meet all your need? Well, I mean, he said it was, but uh, is that his will? Well, he declared his will. Did we make him say that? Well, we didn't make him say that. He chose to say that, right? Of course, he said it through the hands of Paul. But if he chose to say that, then he's expressing his will. The Bible is called the Old and the New Testament. The word testament is, you know, it's your last will and testament. It's the same word. It's the same, same exact word. It's also the same word that's used for covenant. Uh, it's your last, God's last will and covenant to us. He's made a covenant with us. Here are the promises that I will make to you. And if you'll choose to accept them, because when he went to Abraham, he went to Abraham and said, if you choose to accept this, then you get my covenant. Of course, Abraham could have said no. He wouldn't have been very smart, but he could have said no. Uh, and so uh, in all of these things, you know, none of these things are really difficult uh, to understand. And, you know, sometimes I understand Walking them out is, is oftentimes more difficult, especially if you have a lot of um, kind of uh, doubt and unbelief training that you were raised in, right? You know, uh, churches have been the best thing for people's lives and also the worst, people for people, worst thing for people's lives oftentimes. Uh, if you got to, well, I just, I've been taught all my life that God doesn't heal anymore. How long will that take to get, to get that out of your life? I mean, sometimes it takes a while to get your mind renewed that God wants to heal me. Uh, you know, uh, I remember a story that Brother Hagin was talking about one time. He was just in, in prayer, <clears throat> and the Lord showed him. He showed him an like old, beat-up leather shoe, uh, and just kind of, a, you know, not like an open vision, but just more like a revelation. Uh, but in prayer, the Lord showed him, you know, this old, beat-up leather shoe. And Lord, what is that? He said, that's all the things you've been hanging on to from your denominational teaching. Uh -oh. <laughs> he said, you've got to get rid of those old shoes, right? Uh, there's a lot of old shoes hanging around in people's hearts and minds about the Lord. Uh, and, well, I think this. But do you have any book, chapter, and verse to back that up? You know, I, I have no problem saying, well, I think this. But that attitude needs to be tempered with, oh, well, I found something different in the Word of God. Therefore, I no longer think that. Uh, some people, I don't care. I'm going to hang on to it anyway. I'm going to think that, think that anyway. God doesn't heal because Sister Doodad died of sickness and disease. Therefore, God doesn't heal. Well, that fella right over there, he's going to die and go to hell. Does God not want to save anybody? I mean, I don't know that guy over there. I'm not really pointing anybody in particular over there. That guy right there, you see him? Right there. <clears throat> no, there's no guy over there I'm pointing at, but some guy, that <coughs> excuse me, some guy in that direction is not going to accept salvation, right? <clears throat> and so, yeah, but that doesn't change God's will, amen? amen. So... Um, <clears throat> So we got to get that settled in our hearts, amen? And so, uh, and that's why we have healing school. Uh, it was on my heart many years ago to, to start healing school <clears throat> because healing is such a hindrance to us completing the Great Commission. Sickness and disease, right? Uh, because if you're sick and diseased and, you're in, and you can't get out of bed, then <clears throat> how are you able to go into all the world and preach the gospel? So you're unable to complete God's plan for your life. If, you're, if he said go into all the world to preach the gospel and yet you can't get out of bed, then you're unable to do that. And, and so 
you know, some people will go to the Lord in heaven and say, well, Lord, you know, I, I, I get an excused absence from completing your will for my life, right? Because I was sick and, and you know, and, and I don't know that the Lord's going to judge us really hard on that because he's, you know, according to our faith, uh, these things work. But, you know, sometimes uh, people just, they, they just won't ever grow in faith. They just don't want to grow in faith. <clears throat> and so uh, if, if sickness and disease is a hindrance to us completing the Great Commission, then you would think God would be on our side to, to complete healing in our bodies. Amen. That regardless of what it is, no matter how severe the sickness and disease is, it's God's will always to heal us. Amen. Because we've got work to do. Don't we have people to speak to? Don't we have places to go and to teach them about the Lord Jesus? And so if we do, then it's, God, it's got to be God's will because otherwise, you know, it, it's, some people actually believe, uh, and it, you know, I was saved for many years before I, I started hearing things like this because, you know, I didn't grow up in church, so I didn't know anything not to believe or to believe. Uh, and so I was kind of isolated in my faith church and didn't get around a lot of uh, doubt and unbelief uh, Christians, but it was uh, many years after being a Christian, I started hearing people that didn't believe in healing, and I thought it was the oddest thing. I, th I just thought, that's really odd. You don't believe in healing? I'm thinking, have you ever met the Lord? I mean, if you ever met the Lord, you'd have, you'd know He wants to heal you. I mean, this is not a, you know, <clears throat> if you really knew the Lord, amen? <clears throat> and so people say, well, God wants me to be sick. God, you know, God's intention is for me to be sick, and I'm thinking, would you want your child to be sick? Would you go home and go, you know, I mean, my, my grandson's five months old, you know. I never think, you know, I can't wait till he gets sick. I'm, in fact, if he's not sick, I'm going to put sickness on him. I'm going to go put him, you know, I'm going to sneeze on him. I'm going to lick him or something, you know, and I'm going to make him sick. <clears throat> I, nobody thinks that, right? We would do anything, you know. And, and, of course, how many parents have tried to make the bargain? Lord, put that sickness on me instead. Well, hey, you know, just don't let it stay. Amen. Uh, I, I remember when Jared was about three or four years old, and the Lord just prompted me this uh, the other day, <clears throat> and um, we'll see what we need to do with this, but uh, he had uh, warts all over his hands. And, and uh, you remember that? All, both hands, you know. And, and, you know, I don't know if he licked a frog or what, you know, uh, but uh, they were just, you know, and it's really weird, right? Just all over his hands. And, and then uh, just one, uh, I was just at home one day, and the Lord, uh, the Lord spoke to me. You go in there and you curse those warts off his hands. And so I did. I just got up and, and just, uh, and, you know, I didn't, I didn't spit or, you know, Jared didn't spin his head all the way around or, you know, nobody, <laughs> nobody threw up anything. I just went in there and cursed. I, I curse you in Jesus' name. Uh, and within a couple of weeks, they were all gone. You know, he had them for months, right? They were all gone. Uh, and so, you know, I uh, that's the way the Lord wants us to operate. Amen. Yes. The sickness and disease, we deal with it. We have, especially as parents, you know, and uh, of course we have a inside information, you know, for our grandson, you know, if he's at our house and he's going to be healed. Amen. Uh, we have, we have divine uh, protection in our household. Amen. Uh, and, and we expect that we, we operate in that authority. Amen. Uh, and so uh, we finished up chapter three last week of Dr. Yeoman's book, the last book of the series there. Uh, and um, so we have some questions. Uh, even if you didn't study chapter 3, you probably know the answer to almost all. There's only four questions, right? Uh, and so uh, let's see if you can figure out the answer, even if you didn't study, right? And so this, uh, these tests, it's healing school, right? So you have to have questions and tests, right? But it's, it's good school because there's no grades, amen? <laughs> and so um, uh, but the first question is, how many 
of the children of Israel were feeble when they left Egypt. The Bible says there was none feeble. The word feeble means be weakly, right? Weak uh, and, and not strong. So, so you think about that. An entire country of people, right? Not, not a town or you know, a, a, even a big city, but the entire country of, of Israel that lived in, in Egypt. You know, and, and there's estimates anywhere from like 500,000 up to 2 million people left uh, Egypt. And not one feeble among them. Amen? I mean, just not one. And that's amazing, right? <clears throat> and so, uh, and, and I like this question. Uh, of course, the question is based on the, the, the knowledge that uh, where uh, did Moses grow up? When he, when he was young, where did he grow up? Egypt. In Egypt, but specifically where? Whose household? In Pharaoh's household, right? And the, and the Bible says that he was taught all the ways of Egypt. Well, Egypt was, you know, a major superpower of the world at that point in time, right? They were uh, one of the strongest nations of the world and had all kinds of secret uh, herbs and spices, recipes and things like that, you know, and I think that's where KFC came from, right, from Egypt. Uh, and so, uh, so, you know, he had to learn about that, right? The, the magicians would take him in there, the healers would take him in there, here's how we handle this, here's how we handle that. You know, he had to have been taught that if he was taught all of Pharaoh's uh, information, and so, how, uh, of all the things that he learned, how many of the Egyptian remedies did Moses bring with him through the Red Sea? Zero, Zero right? And you should have, you've got to think about that one. Because if these were so great, why didn't he tell the nation of Israel, oh, you got the, the botch? Well, go rub some, you know, uh, you know, eucalyptus tree on that one, and, and that'll take care of it. Oh, you got this thing over here? Three eyes of newt and a couple of toad frogs, fix it right up. Did he do any of that? Nope. No. And yet, how many Christians today, even today, think, you know, if we could just find the secrets of Egypt, you know, you know, there's some hieroglyph somewhere on the backside of some stone tablet that tells all the secrets to cancer and you know brain tumor and being short, you know, what I mean, all these secrets to these remedies things, you know, uh, if we could just find that stone tablet, you know, we'd be better off. Well, Moses knew what those stone tablets said. He never once mentioned, hey, this thing right here, uh, you go get that branch over there, that'll, that'll cure that. No, Moses is the one who uttered the words, I am the Lord who healeth thee. He never once said, I'm the Lord who healeth thee, unless you got this thing over here, and, and then we got some special ointment for that one, but um, everything else, the Lord will heal you. No, there, none of it. So, so how important were the remedies of Egypt to Israel? They weren't important at all. And yet, uh, uh, you know, I, I know a lot of people in the church who think that there's some secret, if we can just get down to the Amazon River, you know, and find some secret tree that's been there that nobody has seen in 10,000 years, we can find a cure to everything. Well, that may be true, but the cure to everything is also found in Exodus 15, 26. The I am the Lord, I am Jehovah Rapha, I am the Lord of Helithi. Uh, and, and to me, that's a lot easier than, than traipsing through the jungles of the Amazon looking for some secret uh, branch of some kind. And then, um, what did Moses throw into the bitter water to make it sweet? Remember there at Mara, right? Uh, what's that? There's a tree, right? He threw the tree into, into the bitter water to make it sweet. Uh, and, of course, uh, I don't even know if we, co if we covered this directly, but uh, what do you think a tree represents? represents Jesus, the cross, right? Um, so... Uh, it, takes, it takes all sickness out of the midst of things, right? And so the work that Jesus did on the cross 
take sickness from the midst of us. Amen. He said, uh, by his stripes, you were healed. Well, where did he receive his stripes? I know it was actually technically before the cross, but it, it's the, the whole process there, right? Um, and so if Jesus, uh, when Jesus took stripes on his back, and, and the thing about the, the crucifixion of Jesus, you have to appreciate that Jesus was not a victim. People didn't sneak up on Jesus, grab him, and torture him, and throw him on the cross, and, and, and he's up there going like, what happened? How did I get here? That, that didn't happen. He planned it thousands of years ahead of time. This is what's going to happen. And he even told the disciples, this is what's going to happen. They're going to kill me. They're going to crucify me. This is what's going to happen. Uh, and so he was not a victim. He was not unaware that these things were going to happen. He planned for them to happen so he could be your substitute, right? So he could say, well, uh, they, they are sick, but if I uh, allow uh, myself to be beaten, then since I'm innocent... I will be the substitute for their sickness and disease. I will receive the punishment for their sickness and disease so that they don't have to pay for whatever their sickness and disease cost. I'll do it for free. I'll cover the cost. And so he covered the cost. He covered the cost of sickness and disease, salvation, everything. He took care of it. And so all that's left for us is to accept it. Amen? And that's the whole... That's, that's where people get their doctrine all messed up. They, they understand the bigness of, of, of the redemption process and, and how much the Lord cares about us, and they just assume, well, then it's all done. There's nothing else to do. Everybody's automatically redeemed. But no, everybody's not automatically redeemed. He did all of his work, and then he handed that to us to choose to accept it. If we choose not to accept it, then we're still responsible for our sins and our sickness and disease and, and whatever else. Uh, and, and it's foolishness, of course, for people to, oh, yeah, I'll just take it myself. Really? That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard, right? Uh, and yet, how many times do people, they get sick and they, well, it's, it, you know, I brought this on myself. Well, it, it, could that possibly be true sometimes? Well, sure, it could be possibly true sometimes, right, that you brought it off on yourself, you brought it up on yourself. Is there no remedy for that? <clears throat> could you not receive forgiveness first and then to be healed? Uh, you know, I, I told you the story when, when um, uh, we, we, we had gone down to Florida one time uh, as a family, and we went down with a couple other families on vacation. And um, uh, when, we, when we got into Florida before we even made it to the hotel, I, mean, I think we might have gone and checked in or something, but we went out to eat. And um, everybody ate, you know. And so uh, me and, and one of the kids ate something, and, you know, our stomach started turning. You ever, you ever felt your stomach start turning, right? It's not supposed to turn, right? It's supposed to stay steady. And, and so, uh, well, we're going to go back to the hotel. So, so she and I got in the car, headed back to the hotel. And, and uh, of course, I'm the man, you know, so I made it. She didn't make it, right? She, everything she ate came back up. And, uh, and it was all in the car, right? And so it was disgusting, right? <clears throat> and, um, and so, but anyway, so, I, you know, we, we make it into the hotel room. And, and um, you know, most of the night I was up and down, up and down, you know, uh, getting everything out that I'd put in earlier at the restaurant. And so whatever food poison we, we got, you know, nobody else was sick, just the two of us. Uh, and, um, uh, and so, you know, but I'm, I'm the man of faith and power, right? I wasn't pastoring then at the time, but um, uh, I was completely and entirely unsuccessful in obtaining my healing in that situation. Uh, and so what do you do? Well, I mean, it was like three days before I felt strong, you know, just felt really like, you know, real, real uh, wimpy the next day, you know, kind of, 
Of course, I'm, my general look is pale anyway, but I was even more pale than my general look of pale. <clears throat> and so, but about the third day, I, I, I was able to uh, recover completely. Uh, and so, what I, what'd you do? I didn't do anything. I just, you know, just went on. I mean, sometimes you're successful, and, and, and unfortunately, sometimes you're not successful. And, and I didn't think anything else about it. Uh, and so, we ended up going home. And about two weeks later, um, we'd gone out to eat at the church, like we often do. And, and um, we got back because we usually would go back to early because we had uh, uh, Sunday evening church. We'd go early to practice, and I ran the sound and stuff. And so, um, that same rumbling started happening again. And I already knew, okay, when this happens, I know where I'm headed, right? I'm here, but if nothing changes, my face is going to be somewhere my, where my face ought not be, right? Uh, and, uh, and getting rid of all that food. <laughs> and so we, we had a room at the church. So I went up in this room by myself and just started talking to the Lord about this. Lord, you know what's going on? Because I've always known the Lord's my healer. This is not new doctrine. I, I didn't have to figure this out, right? When we started healing school in 2015, it wasn't like I, I, finally, I, I suddenly discovered that God's my healer. I've known that from the day I have got born again. And so, uh, Lord, what's up? You know, I mean, uh, you're my healer. Uh, you haven't changed. You're still my healer. You were my healer 2,000 years ago. And really 4,000 years ago, if you go all the way back to Moses or so, you've always been the healer. I believe that you're my healer. So, so I never say, Lord, I, I never ask him, Lord, why didn't you heal me? See, that would be an inappropriate question because that implies he made a choice. That implies that he decided not to heal me. So that, that, to me, that would be disrespectful to ask a question like that. So I asked, the question I asked is, Lord, why didn't I get healed? Uh, and so, because I don't want to have any question that implies his, uh, his deciding not to heal me. Uh, and, and, you know, the only problem with asking the Lord a question is he may answer you, right? Now, he said, ask and you shall receive, right? And, and my expectation, when I ask the Lord a question, I, I expect an answer. I expect, now, it doesn't have to be skies part, you know, and thunder rolls and, you know, all of that. Sometimes it's just a revelation. Sometimes, you, you know, you just see it in the Word. Sometimes he speaks to you. Uh, and so, but, but I do expect... Now, now, I have asked the Lord some questions, and it took me years to get an answer. But, I, you know, uh, after a while, you know, I, I check in with the Lord. Lord, is it, is it okay if I, if I even ask this question? Because we're dealing with other people. Uh, and for me, you know, for you and me, if you're asking about yourself, you know, you can expect that answer. But if you're asking about somebody else, you know, you have to be careful because sometimes it's none of your business, right? Deuteronomy 29, 29 says that the secret things belong to the Lord, and, and it may be none of your business. And so... Uh, but, but, and so I asked him, Lord, is it okay if I ask that question? Because I wanted, I wanted to know about someone else while they were getting healed. And he never said no. He never said, mind your own business, you know. So I, I pursue it uh, until, until either I get the answer or until, uh, until, he get, uh, until he tells me to mind my business, my own, my own business. So, uh, you know, Lord, what's up? He said, well, you remember when you were down in Florida? Oh, yeah, I remember that. He said, the reason why you weren't healed in Florida is because in your heart, and he showed me my heart, you know, so, you know, sometimes he shows you your heart and, you know, you're this far away from the Lord. I mean, you're just like so wrong, you know, you just, you know, you got terrible intention. And, and, but he showed me, you know, it was like this. I was this far wrong. He said, your desire was to receive healing so that you could glory in yourself and show all your friends down in Florida how wonderful a, a man of faith you were. And he said, I, I will not share my glory. 
Uh, and so what do you do? No, Lord, that wasn't me. I didn't do that. Do you argue with the Lord? You're wrong, Lord. I would never do anything like that. Well, that's foolishness, right? If the Lord shows you that, it, there's only one answer that's always right, 100% right. He's never like, oh, I, really? You didn't? Oh, I, my bad. Uh, you know, you're right. You're right. Uh, I was just you know, being a little bit emotional there and, and accused you of something you didn't do. You know, just forget I said, no, he, he doesn't, no, you don't do that with the Lord. If he says it, I mean, you can either, you know, I mean, you can bawl and squall, Lord, I didn't mean to, Lord, I was tired, Lord, I just, you know, I'm just having a hard day. You never, I never make excuses with the Lord. If he shows that to you, my, my response is, yes, sir, you're 100% right. And of course, you know, it's not like I, I went down to Florida with that plan. I didn't write it down, but when I get to Florida... I'm going to get sick, and I'm going to get healed, and I'm going to brag about how wonderful and spiritual and faith person I am to all my friends to show them I'm so much, I know so much more than they know because they don't know anything. It, nobody makes that plan, right? Well, maybe some people might, but most people don't make plans like that. You know, it's just kind of one of those things that you're not, you're not really guarding your own heart, right? You allow that flesh to rise up, and you go, eh, you know, that'd be okay. I got a little glory, it'd be okay. You know, just a little bit. I mean, I'm not trying to be God or anything, but you know, I just want to make sure that they, they know that I'm more spiritual than they are. I mean, if they know that, then, I, then we're okay, right? Nobody ha- has this big, deep, you know, plan. I'm going to get all this glory. And you know, it wasn't like that. The Lord said, your heart, you know, you were this close, right? But you allowed, but I allowed that, that thought in my heart to dwell there, right? Because some thoughts, you, you come and go, that's stupid. I ain't doing that. Shut up. And that's the way you should do yourself sometimes, right? I'm not doing that. Shut up. I refuse it. You know, the Lord's the only one worthy of glory. That's how you should respond oftentimes. But because the devil loves, you know, wasn't that one of the temptations of the Lord? All this glory I'll give to you if you worship me. And so, uh, uh, welcome to the human race. You're going to have to deal with that, right? Welcome to humanity. There will be times when you have to judge your own heart. Lord, I, you know, if I do that, I, I cannot do that without trying to receive glory. So I just... You know, there are times when I just won't do things because if I do that, I don't know that my flesh would allow me to not receive glory. So I just won't do it. You know, and, and, and my prayer is, Lord, I want you to help me get to where I can do that and not receive glory. But for right now, because uh, uh, I don't want, if you try to receive glory, you know, you'll be like Ichabod, right? And, and uh, it, it never works out well for you to, to receive, try to receive glory. There's only one worthy of, to receive glory. Amen. And just, you know, for my own personal self, I tell myself all the time, I am unworthy to receive glory. Uh, and I tell myself that all the time. I am unworthy. I'm made out of dirt and clay. And I don't do that to disparage myself. I do that to remind myself that only he is worthy of glory. Amen? But that's what he showed me. He said, you, you wanted to receive glory. And he said, I can't share my glory. And so, therefore, it was my fault that I wasn't healed. He wasn't punishing me in Florida I constrained his ability to heal me. My heart did, not him. He wasn't punishing me. It was my fault, right? Because I didn't say, well, why didn't you heal me? You know, his will was to heal before, during, and after my wrong heart. Amen? His will never changed. It was always to heal me. <clears throat> and so, you know, what are you going to do? You know, I mean, all, the only option is to repent, right? I mean, that's the only option I know of. You can make an excuse, but see, the problem with excuse, uh, our desire to come up with an excuse is to, is to provide an excuse to remove guilt without repentance. Lord, I didn't mean to. 
was that you're still guilty. You did it, didn't you? Because when we say things like, I, don't, I didn't mean to, we're asking the Lord to remove the guilt of that sin without actually repenting of that sin. And, and so we're trying to, and people do that all the time. Well, I, I didn't mean to say that. Well, you said it. Then you need to repent. You know, well, I didn't, I, didn't mean to, I didn't mean it to come out that way. Well, it did come out that way. It doesn't matter what you meant. It matter what you did. Amen. I don't know what I did. And when he showed me, you know, uh, like I said, it wasn't like some, some plan, but he showed my heart. He showed me my heart. I saw it. And when, it, when I saw it, it was like, oh, yeah, I can't argue with that, you know. And so no excuse. I, you know, it's, it's, it's a fool's errand to try to excuse your sin with the Lord. It's a waste of breath. Just excuse, okay, Lord. And, you know, it was, he wasn't beating me up. He wasn't like, and you're sorry and no count, and I never want to use you again, and, you know, and, and you know, they were, they were, it was just, he, you did this. You did this wrong. Your heart was wrong. So, you know, your only option, your only intelligent option is to repent. Lord, you're right. You're 100% right. Lord, I did it. I chose to do it. And I don't ever bring anybody else in on your repentance. Lord, where they made me do it. It's their fault. They shouldn't have said that. They shouldn't have done that. Because again, it's the same thing. You're trying to remove your own guilt. It doesn't matter what anybody said or did. To, now, nobody in that case did anything to, to cause me to have such a terrible heart toward the Lord. Uh, and, you know, well, Lord, you know, you don't know how I was raised. My mama treated me bad, and, and it was so hard, and, and we were poor, and, and, and you know, uh, we just, it's just hard, Lord. And, and, and we, we had to eat toast for breakfast every day, and, and we never got ice cream, and it was so hard. You know, maybe people do all the time, and the Lord's just like, whatever. You done? You done yet? <laughs> It doesn't impress the Lord. It does not impress the Lord to tell him how hard you got it. Because, you know, and I think about that a lot. People ask how hard they got it all the time. And I'm like, well, are you Paul? I mean, you look what Paul, Paul has a couple of lists in, in, the, in the New Testament of the things he suffered, right? He, he, he got, uh, what, what uh, uh, 40 stripes, five different times, save one, right? So that's 200 Minus five, so it's 195 stripes. Beaten on his back 195 times, right? With whips, right? I mean, big whips. They whip him 195 stripes. Well, so far, you know, I'm 57 years old. So far, that's 195 more stripes than I've had to take, right? As far as for preaching the gospel. Uh, and, uh, you know, he was a day and the night in the deep. A day and a half in the ocean, not, one, not knowing if he's going to survive. Well, that's a day and a half more than I've ever had to be in the ocean stranded, right? Uh, you know, so you go through, and, I'm, and Paul said, these light afflictions, he called them light afflictions. I love that, these light afflictions, right? Paul, he said, this whole country forsook him. You ever had a friend forsake you and walk away from you? He had an entire country forsake him. And, well, yeah, Lord, but my friend from third grade, they won't talk to me anymore. Well, Paul's like, I had a whole country, a whole country, right? You got a whole country forsaking you yet? no. And so we try to act like our problems are so big, and yet, you know, just look at Paul. You know, of course, Jesus, you know, nobody can compare to Jesus, obviously. But, you know, even Paul, nobody's had it as bad as Paul, right? Anybody stood over while, while somebody got murdered in your presence on purpose to watch them get killed uh, for preaching the gospel like, he, like Paul did with Stephen? No, so, you know, all of you are amateurs. I'm an amateur, right? Uh, and yet we try to excuse our sin by our upbringing or our circumstances or the, this particular situation there that happened. And, and it's a waste of effort. The easiest thing in the world, just repent. All you can do is repent. I mean, it's, why is it so hard? I, I never understood why it's so hard 
for Christians to repent when they know what they've done is wrong. I just, I never have under, because if the Lord reveals it to you, he's 100% right every time. He's never wrong. He's always right. And yet some people will fight it, I mean, to the bitter end. I mean, just fight it. Just, you know, I didn't do it. You know, it, it's not my fault. And they made me do it. And Well, then stay sick. You know, what's the alternative? You stay sick. I'm sick. I'm, you know, I'm talking to the Lord. I'm sick. I'm fixing to lose all my lunch the second time around. I got no out. You know, I don't, I don't, is there, is there food, is medicine you can take for food poisoning to stop all that? I don't know, you know, if there was, is there some, yeah, there is stuff, see, I don't know. Uh, I'm not a man. The only medicine I know is the Lord, you know, that's, you know, I know they got stuff, but I don't know, I've not been to Egypt, right, so I don't know. I'm sure there's some secret herb and spice in Egypt that you can take, you know, uh, but, um, but I didn't have that option. I'm in the room in the church and praying and asking the Lord, you know, and so, so my only response, well, yes, Lord, you're right. I ask you to forgive me. And, and, you know, the thing about faith, see, people of faith can do the word. People who don't want to be in faith try to excuse their actions and get a, a secret special deal from the Lord that's not available to anybody else. Well, Lord, I, my, my childhood was hard. Well, is that, does that mean you get a free buy from the Lord to, to not have to live right? But Christians do it all the time. Lord, you know, you don't know what they said. Or you don't know what they did. And, and so that's people who don't want to live by faith. But see, if you don't live by faith, faith, live by faith is nice and easy because if you repent, what did the Lord say he would do? He said he'd forgive you, right? He said if you, if you confess your sins, he's faithful and just to forgive your sins and to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. Did he not say that? It's true, right? He said that at 1 John 1, 9. We know that's what he said that. So, but a lot of Christians, they'll commit a sin and they want to then become their own sacrifice. Well, what I've done wrong, I guess I just need to stay sick. I did this on my own, so I guess I need to stay sick. And Jesus is like, I, I, I thought I did that for you. I thought I, I, I took all sickness and disease on your behalf. Yeah, Lord, but, you know, uh, I, I made a mistake, so I'm going to do this, this one on my own. Like, that, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Because the Lord's, you know, he paid for that. Did, freely, right? And, and you think he did it better than you could ever do? Yeah, because, you know, you weren't innocent. He was innocent when he suffered. You were not innocent. You were guilty when you suffered. <clears throat> and, and so, how, you, you think you're ever going to, because when you looked at, at, at the sacrifice that Jesus paid, the payment for the sins of the world was his blood. That was the payment, right? His blood, his shed blood is the payment for our sins. What have you got that equals that? I'm going to suffer for 70 years. The Lord will yawn at that meager attempt. It's embarrassing how small, you know, you won't even move the needle. You work all your life, and and the needle's still way over here. You owe, you know. You ever ever seen the way some banks do their loans, right? Uh, They they front load all the interest, right? And and, which is just, you know, I won't deal with a bank like that. You know, that's basically, to me, it's almost thievery, but they'll do that. So that you, you're paying on your loan for 10, 15, you know, if it's a 30-year loan, you may pay it 20 years and never see the principal ever go down because they're getting all their interest first. And then they'll let you pay off the, uh, and in some places it's, it's probably even illegal, imagine, to do that. Uh, and so, you know, you work all your life and never move the needle of debt. People do it all the time with their sins. They, 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 they commit a sin and they'll work all their life to pay for that sin, never move the needle. And yet Jesus, I mean, he, there's no needle. It's all paid for. In fact, right now, it's already paid for. Amen? All you got to do is receive the, the work for that. So 
yes, Lord, I, I did that. You're right. Didn't argue with it, didn't excuse it, didn't try to well, get him to feel sorry for me about how hard my life is and blah, blah, blah. Yes, Lord, I did that. And I ask you to forgive me for, for doing that. And then, you know, see, that's not, that's not the end of faith. Because faith says, well, then, uh, if I've been cleansed from all unrighteousness and I've been forgiven, now I'm restored, right? Aren't you restored, right? You, you're out of fellowship in your sin. You're restored once you repent. So now I'm in good, I'm in good graces with the Lord. So if I'm in good graces with the Lord. Then I need to take advantage of those good graces. And uh, Lord, you're my healer. So I, I command this sickness to leave my body in Jesus' name. And just within like two, two or three minutes, it all just faded away. Never, never, nothing ever happened from that. Uh, and, and so is there not a, a path forward if we were the cause of our own sickness and disease? Now, I'm not saying all your sickness and disease is caused by yourself, right? Some of it is just because we live in a fallen world, amen? All, all sickness and disease is not the result of your personal sin. Some sickness and disease is just because, you know, your DNA, right? And, and you have to uh, have faith to overcome the shortcomings of your own DNA, amen? Sometimes it's, it's communicable. Sometimes it's it is because of your sin you opened up the door. But, uh, and we've gone through lots of times all the different reasons, and it's probably didn't even cover all the reasons, but there's a lot of reasons why people are sick. It's not always because of sin, and it's not always because uh, of something else. Uh, you know, uh, sometimes it's a demonic presence. Uh, and so, so the, the tree that Moses threw in, in the water there was the cross. It represented the cross, amen? It represented the work that Jesus did for us. Uh, and so... <clears throat> You know, we, we, we need to become people of faith that if the Lord has prescribed a process for us to live, then let's live, let's live that way without excuse. Yeah. You know, many years ago, uh, the Lord started dealing with me about my life and about how all my life I grew up with an excuse. Everything was an excuse, right? How, you know, when I got angry, I excused it. When I, when I got sad or depressed, I excused it. Well, you know, I had it so hard and I was an orphan and, you know, blah, blah, blah. I feel sorry for me. And uh, it was all an excuse. And, and the Lord showed me, he said, an excuse is just a, a lie wrapped up in a pretty bow. Because it is. It's just, you know, it's not my fault. It's 100% your fault. Did you do that? Did you say that? Yeah. Well, then it's your fault. Well, no, somebody else made me do it. Nobody made you do it. You chose to do that. And that's been one of the greatest revelations in my personal life because it makes it easy to repent. And the thing is, if you try to come up with an excuse, it's not going to hold water. The Lord's never going to give you a special deal about your background, your upbringing, your situation. If you, if you, if you commit an infraction with the Lord, then that's on you. Nobody made you do it, amen? And that should be good news. I think it's great news because if I did it, then I can fix it. You see, if it's somebody else maybe do it, then I'm stuck. I can't do anything about it, you know. And so uh, uh, we should live without excuse. And yet uh, I can't, t I mean, so many times I hear people excuse this, excuse that. I, I don't care. The Lord doesn't care. Just do what the Word says. And if, and if you don't do what the Word says, then repent like the Word says. And well, I did it. I, I messed up. Okay, just do it. It used to be the easiest thing in the world to, to repent. Easiest thing in the world to repent. Well, they're going to think I, I'm a terrible person if I repent. I don't care. You know, I've told you all my stories about me repenting. Does that make you think less of me? Well, yeah. Well, then that's on you. That's not on me. Because I'm healed, right? And so, uh, you know, if I tell you my sin and I'm healed, if you think less about me than that, then I don't even know what to say about that, right? <laughs> so uh, it's okay, amen? Uh, and so uh, you should never, because Jesus, you know, even in, in Philippians chapter 2, it says he made himself of no reputation. 
We love to hang on to, I want to be, I want to be known as a man of faith, a man who never makes a mistake, I'm perfect, you know, that's the reputation I want. And Jesus is like, well, you're way past that already. You were, you've made so many, you want a list, right? Um, there's, I mean, we, we try to hold on to this reputation like it's going to impress the Lord. Like we show up at the pearly gates, Lord, I've arrived, I need some trumpets and, and, and some, some centuries here to open up the gate, and we need some confetti, you know, I've arrived. And the Lord's like, what? Did somebody say something? You know, I mean, it's just, um, no. It, it's, uh, we need to, see, when you get to, uh, one of the best things you can ever learn is get to a place where you have no reputation. When you just don't care, it's not, you know, now some people have this attitude, of, well, I don't care what they think about me, I'm going to go treat them like dirt anyway. I just, just say, well, that's just, you know, I'm going to say whatever I want to say. Well, that's not the same thing. That, that is a reputation of being a jerk, right? Some people have that reputation. I'm going to be a jerk to everybody, and it doesn't matter, you know. That's just the way that I am. No, and see, I never say that's just the way that I am because that is a reputation. Uh, <clears throat> you know, I would never say that because that, that, that implies I'm never allowed to change. Uh, people love to say that's just the way that I am because they, they have no plan on changing. Uh, and, and, you know, in fact, we were talking about this, laughing about it the other day. What, what would we do if my five-month-old grandson said that? I'm five months old. I've, I've peaked. That's it. That's the last thing I'm changing. I'm going to be in diaper all the rest of my days. Bottle, give me a bottle three times a day, and, and I'm good, right? I'm never going to talk. I'm never going to walk. You're going to have to carry me everywhere. You know, that's fine when you're five months old. When you're, when you're 50 years old, it's complicated, right? And you're still in diapers and, and taking a bottle. Nobody thinks about the five-month-old, right? If we had a 50-year-old walk in the door right there, and, and, and he's in a, he's in, in a stroller, not a, not a wheelchair, but a stroller, right? <laughs> and diapers. Now, there are weird people who do things like that. There are weird people who stuff, you know, weird things like that. But uh, we, would, we, would, we would gossip about him, no doubt. Did you, did you see that? I mean, it was a crazy, he had a diaper on, right? What's, what's wrong with him, right? And so... No, it's, uh, we, we need to change, amen? Uh, and so uh, the, next, the next chapter that she starts here is she starts, uh, this is chapter four of, the, of her last book there. She, uh, Dr. Yeomans goes through and starts looking at uh, some of the songs in the Word of God. And uh, there, uh, she just talks about how, in fact, if you go through the Word of God, of course, we have 150 Psalms, but there's also a lot of other songs that are, found in the Word of God other, in other places besides the book of Psalms. Uh, and of course, most of, she mostly focuses on Psalms. I think, uh, I don't even know if she goes anywhere else, uh, a couple other places maybe. But, but she just kind of goes, goes through a, um, <clears throat> a summary of some of these Psalms uh, of healing. And so, uh, but Moses, you know, Moses had some songs that he talked about back in the, uh, the first five books of the Old Testament. Uh, of course, Moses wrote a Psalm, right? There's one of the Psalms that Moses wrote uh, I think it was Psalm 90, in fact. Um, and um, uh, Deborah, remember Deborah, the, she was one of the judges. Uh, she sang a psalm to the Lord back in the book of Judges. Of course, David wrote a bunch of the psalms. Mary, remember when, when the Lord spoke to her, uh, and then she went to see uh, Elizabeth, she sang a psalm there. So there's a lot of songs in the, in the Bible, and there's good songs of faith. Uh, but she just goes through several songs. Uh, or Psalms here, she starts out with Psalm 107.20, which I, I like that. In fact, I think it'd be good just to go back. You know, uh, we like Psalm 107.20 where it says, He sent His Word and healed them. Oh, yeah. But it's really, it's really good if you look at the context of Psalm 107. <clears throat> because 
when you understand why he sent his word and healed them, he's like, oh, well, that's all of us right there, right? <clears throat> and, it, and so it says, um, <clears throat> let's start in verse 13. It says, Then they cried unto the Lord in their trouble, and he saved them out of their distresses. He brought them out of darkness and the shadow of death and break their bands in asunder. Oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works for the children of men. For he hath broken the gates of brass and cut the bars of iron asunder. And then this is really where the verse 20 starts. Fools, because of their transgression and because of their iniquities, are afflicted. Is that true? That, that you know, every time that you are afflicted, or oftentimes when you're afflicted, it's because you've acted foolish, right? Fools, because of their transgression and because of their iniquities, are afflicted. Their soul abhorreth all manner of meat. They draw near to the gates of death. Then they, the fools, right? Then they <clears throat> cry unto the Lord in their trouble, and he saveth them out of their distresses. He sent his word and healed them, the fools, right? <clears throat> and so anytime we quote that, yeah, he sent his word and healed them. Oh, you're a fool. Because that's who, that's in the context, that's who he's talking about, right? Well, I'm, I'm fine with that because, you know, every sin is, is a foolish act, right? He sent his word and healed them and delivered them, the foolish ones, from their destructions. <clears throat> so, you know, I, I like Psalm 107, 20, but I like the context of it too because it's, you know, because we think he sent his word and, and he sent his word and healed them, those super strong faith people, that people that love healing and have preached healing. Also. No, he sent his word and healed the foolish ones, those that brought destruction upon their own lives and he delivered them from their own foolish destructions. Okay, well, that makes me qualified, right? We're all qualified for Psalm 107.20, right? A lot of times we quote it as if we're, he sent his word, you know, of course, you know, we know the context of that is really Jesus. He's talking about sending Jesus himself. So it's a, it's a prophetic psalm as well as a song of, of the nation of Israel. Uh, and and then, um, uh, then she quotes David back again in Psalm uh, 32 and, uh, and how um, uh, she notes that, that Sin could be a cause of sickness. And so this psalm here in Psalm 32, verse 3, it says, When I kept silence, my bones waxed, waxed old through my roaring all the day long. And, and the Amplified brings out a little bit more context of that. When I kept silent about my sin, my body wasted away uh, through my groaning all the day long. Uh, and so has anybody ever committed sin and their body wastes away all day long through their, through their own groaning? Uh, again, is all sickness due to some sin on your part? No, it's not always that. Uh, and, and there's no rule. You know, there's no law that says all sickness is caused by your sin. Uh, well, how do you know? That's why we have the Spirit of God who knows everything. We can ask Him, right? That's why I asked Him uh, in, in the room at the church, why am I sick? Why do I have this uh, uh, food poisoning again. And then he tells you, because right, I was a fool. Well, then I'm qualified for Psalm 107.20, right? He sent his word and healed those foolish ones and delivered them from the, their destruction. Uh, and so, now, you, now, see, it doesn't make any sense to remain silent. See, I could have remained silent and, and gone through the whole process of that sickness and disease. But, you know, why, why would I do that? I, I have access to the one who knows everything. Doesn't he know everything? Does he know, doesn't he know all the thoughts and intents of your heart? And like I said, when he showed me my heart, he said, you, you, should, you know, you're just this far. You were this far wrong. So, you know, uh, but with the Lord, this far is might as well be a mile. 
right? It doesn't matter how far it is, but if it's wrong, it's wrong. But at least, you know, at least it was encouraging from the standpoint of, you're so wrong, I don't even know where to start. I mean, you know, if he had said that, I, I, I probably would have gone into a fetal position and cried on that one. Uh, but, <laughs> but, you know, he said, you were just a little wrong. And so, well, then if I'm a little wrong, I can make a little correction, amen? Uh, and so uh, when I kept silent about my sin, my body wasted away through my groaning all the day long. Uh, one translation says, when I was silent, my bones were wearing out with my roaring all day. Another one says, when I held my tongue, my bones consumed or, or when I roared all the day. Uh, and so why keep silent when you can repent? Uh, if the cause of your sickness or disease is your own sin, I would, much rather tra- I would much rather trade somebody knowing about my sin and me getting healed than me hiding my sin and remaining sick. Some people would, 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 be, would be fine with remaining sick as long as nobody knows about their, their sickness and disease or about their sin. And, and uh, you know, that, that means that I, I, I value my reputation more than my health. That, that is a, that's a poor exchange. Amen? So if you think bad about me and I'm healed, why would I care? Yeah. If you think good about me and I'm on my deathbed for months on end, how, how do I feel better? That, but people do that, don't they? Right? they? They will fight it. They will breathe their last breath before, they, before uh, they want anybody to find out about their sin. Uh, and so she goes on, if you, same psalm. Uh, she, once he had confessed, then joy and healing returns. And same psalm, Psalm 32, verse 11 says, uh, Be glad in the Lord and rejoice, ye righteous, and shout for joy, all ye that are upright in heart. So <clears throat> uh, now he became upright in heart, right? Before his sins were being hidden, but now he is upright in heart. So he had found... He had, found, um, uh, he had found repentance, right? And verse 12 says, To the end that my glory may sing praise to thee and not be silent. O Lord my God, I will give thanks unto thee, to thee forever. <clears throat> and so, um, I don't know, I have that particular note there. I've got a note that says that there are those who, with, uh, oh yeah, um, she, she said something about this. Uh, but there are people who are, you know, very wealthy, right? Who would give anything uh, to buy their healing. Uh, and, uh, and yet how many sicknesses and diseases cannot be, that the healing for that cannot be purchased, right? I mean, there's just some things that doesn't matter, it, it's terminal. Well, what if I give you a billion dollars, you're still going to die? What if I give you a hundred billion dollars? You know, I think what Elon Musk is worth, I don't know, two, three hundred billion dollars, right? Two, uh, and what if he got some terminal sickness that just, you know, nobody's ever cured before? What if he gave all of his money to some research hospital? Sorry, nothing you can do. We, we, don't, we, don't know that, we don't know the cause of the sickness, and we don't have an answer for the cure of it. And uh, there was a, a billionaire, uh, one of the, uh, I think it was Steve Jobs, right? He's a billionaire owner of, of Apple computers. And he got, like, uh, pancreatic cancer and maybe even liver cancer, too. He had a couple of things, major things wrong with him. And he tried the Egyptian route. He went got a bunch of herbs and spices and tried all that. And he was a Zen Buddhist and tried all that, you know, humming and, you know, uh, chanting things to the sun and to the birds and, uh, and all that. And, of course, none of that worked. And he didn't want to try science. Uh, and, 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 look, I know science, you know, uh, is, is there anything that, like that that could, uh, any uh, homeopathic stuff that may work? You know, there's probably some of that stuff that may work. You know, I'm, I'm not, uh, I don't know anything about it, but, you know, no doubt that, you know, if you, if you get enough uh, whatever, you know, uh, 
uh, <clears throat> I don't know what it is, you know, whatever, the, whatever people do for homeopathic stuff. I, I, I'm not one of these people that nothing works. No doubt some of those things work, right? But, and the same thing with science. No doubt some of the science works, right? Uh, but we have a, a place above all of that. I mean, you've got, you've got homeopathic stuff, you've got medical science, then you've got faith in the Lord. That always works, right? The other two, shot in the dark, right? I mean, it may work. And people would just, oh, yeah, that works all the time. Really? You know, just sounds like snake oil, right? Uh, and, and so, but, you know, no doubt some of that stuff does work, amen? Uh, and so, and, and, you know, in, in that, it, it's not that I, I am for sure 100% not against any kind of, of natural remedies for anything, right? Uh, you know, I don't want you to think that I am, because I'm not. I'm not at all. I'm, in fact, I'm thankful that people have found ways to obtain uh, uh, healing or even some type of, of, uh, uh, of improvement from sickness and diseases with natural means, whether it's something that's homeopathic in the sense that it's not a, a prescription from a doctor or going to the doctor. I got no problem with people going to the doctor at all. Uh, <clears throat> But for me personally, I always think that my best is God's best, that my best path is always God's path. Uh, and so that's not to diminish anybody else. And I would never, uh, I would never uh, look down upon or uh, belittle somebody who takes a natural path. Well, you know, God's got better for you than that. Well, I mean, that may be true, but if they're not in faith at that point in their life, then I'd much rather than take, you know, uh, uh, snake oil and get better and live to find faith than to try to find faith in the midst of sickness and die and now be stuck, right? I'd much rather them find whatever recovery they can in any way possible, but that some things money can't buy. You cannot, it doesn't matter how much money you have, you cannot buy it, right? And yet David's saying in Psalm 103.3, in fact, I think it'd be good just to read that real quick, and then we're in Psalm 107, so just turn back a couple of psalms there. <clears throat> he starts in verse 1. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, right? Not Forget uh, not any of his benefits. Well, then the question is, well, what's the list? If we're not supposed to forget him, what's the list? Well, he gives us a, a very short list right here, right? Who forgiveth all, how many iniquities? All thine iniquities, right? Who healeth what? all thy diseases. And that word diseases there, or he, that word healeth there is Rapha, right? We, we sang Jehovah Rapha earlier, but that, that word healeth there is Rapha, right? It's, it's the covenant name of the Lord. But a, a lot of people in the church, he, uh, if you ask him, you know, you go ask a good Baptist, how many sins does the Lord forgive? Oh, all of them, all sins. I mean, there's not any he won't forgive? Nope, there's not a single one he won't forgive. What about diseases? Nope, you just... Too bad about that, sorry. And yet, same breath, the psalmist says, who forgiveth all thine iniquities and healeth all thy diseases. And it's amazing how many times in the word of God that he places uh, sin really close to sickness. But those two topics are, are often close together, right? Remember the, the man born by four in Luke chapter five, uh, Jesus forgave him and then healed him. We see that, you know, uh, in, in 1 Peter 2, 24, uh, who his own self bare sins on the cross. Right. Uh, and, and at the end of that, uh, by his stripes, we were healed. Uh, and so uh, oftentimes he puts those two together because oftentimes those two things are related. Sickness and, and, and disease and sin are related. 
because they come from the same source, right? They come from the same source of the devil. Uh, and so, who forgiveth all thine iniquities and healeth all thy diseases. So, so how many is that? Well, it's all of them, right? Now, is, is that Psalm, uh, of course he continues on, who redeemeth thy life from destruction, who crowneth thee with loving kindness and tender mercies, who satisfy thy mouth with good things, uh, so that youth is renewed like the eagles. Well, you know, you're getting older every day as things start falling off. I thought he says he renews our youth, youth like the eagles. The Lord executed righteousness and judgment for all the depressed. He made known his ways to Moses and his actions to the children of Israel. The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger and plenteous in mercy. <clears throat> and so, are the, and in fact, really the rest of the psalm is just going through a lot of his benefits. And I would encourage you to just read that whole psalm, right? Uh, does he not have benefits? He's got the best uh, you know, uh, uh, especially in, when I was an engineer, one of the things you want to find out when you're interviewing for a job, what benefits do you have, right? How much vacation do you get? Uh, you know, that sort of thing. I had one guy I interviewed for a position. <clears throat> and he asked the weirdest question. He said, now he's like an entry-level engineer, right? He said, what is your long-term disability uh, benefit? Because, I, I, you know, most companies, most big companies, well, you know, if you get, you know, some kind of major sickness and disease, then, you know, they'll pay up to like, you know, X number of years of benefits, right? Even if you're not able to work, right? That's long-term. I mean, I, I interviewed hundreds of people. How many people have you interviewed? I mean, thousands of people. Anybody ever asked that question? Nope. Isn't that a dumb question, right? What's your long-term, uh, uh, long-term sickness uh, benefits, you know? I, I was like, you got a plan or something? I mean, you got something in the works? Yeah, something I don't know about. Uh, and so... Uh, but no, uh, the Lord has benefits, amen? Good benefits. I mean, the best benefits, right? In all of these, there's no copay, no premium, right? It's already paid for, all caught up, right? Uh, it's, uh, and we say that kind of jokingly, but it's all true, right? Uh, is there any cost to this, these things for us? No cost. I mean, sometimes the cost is your reputation, right? But that's about the only cost I can ever see is you've got your pride and your reputation, right? Sometimes you do have to exchange a little bit of pride to receive some of the benefits of the Lord. And to me, that's, that's not even a, an issue, right? Why, why would we do that, you know? But people do that, amen? And so we'll, we'll pick up, continuing. She so goes through uh, several other Psalms that are like that. It talks about the goodness of the Lord. <clears throat> and, and, you know, anywhere which you see any doctrine talks about the goodness of the Lord, you can apply that to anywhere in your life that you need goodness, right? If you're sick, then what would a good God do? Heal you. If you're, if you're you know... Uh, in the midst of destruction, what would the Lord do? He would deliver you, right? Uh, if you're demon-possessed, what would he do? He would deliver you in that way too, right? I mean, uh, what would a good God do? So any time, in fact, you know, Brother Hagin used to say this, I like that, he said, nearly every verse I see healing in it. Because if he's a good God, right, uh, then he would want to heal you, amen? Now, he would also want to do all these other things for you, but it's easy to see healing in, uh, throughout the Word of God, no matter where you are, because the Lord is good. He, is He gracious? If He's gracious, then He'd want to heal you, right? Uh, if He's slow to anger, then would He want to heal you? I've had it up to here, you know, just be sick. Well, that would not be slow to anger, right? That'd be quick to anger. <laughs> and so, uh, so, you know, it, it's just, and the Psalms are good to encourage you about those things, amen? So let's pray and thank the Lord for His Word today. So Father, we do thank You for Your Word. And Father, we thank You that You are good that your mercy endures forever. And Father, if you are good, then you desire to heal us. Father, you instructed us. In fact, it's a commandment to, to forget none of your benefits, who, who forgiveth all thine iniquity, who healeth all thy diseases. 
And so, Father, if you, if you really will forgive all of our iniquity, <clears throat> then, Father, surely you'll still heal all of our diseases. We cannot separate those two benefits, Father. And so, Lord, we thank you for that. We thank you that you are the healer. Thank you, Father. Yes, Lord, and, and we had mentioned earlier about uh, where the Lord had me uh, pray for Jared, and I just, uh, uh, <clears throat> if there's any, if you have any growths in, uh, uh, in you, right, and, and, you know, it's not just uh, warts, anybody got any bunch of warts on their hands, nobody has that probably, but, um, but uh, you know, tumors are growths too, amen? Uh, there, there are things that are growing in you that should not be there. So if you have any types of, any types of growths that, that should not be on you, you know, your hair's a growth, but it should be there, right? Uh, but uh, if you've got anything that shouldn't be there uh, and you like hands laid upon you, you know that we just did it in faith. Amen. Uh, but I believe we'll do this by faith, by the unction of the Holy Ghost. Amen. And so if you like uh, prayer today for anything that, that's, uh, that's any type of growth in your body that's not supposed to be there, if you come up here, we'll pray for you. Amen. And by the same anointing and the same uh, spirit of faith that we prayed for uh, Jared uh, many years ago, the same thing will happen to you. Amen. That, uh, it'll be removed. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Father, we thank you that you are the healer. And Lord, the same, the same instruction that you gave to us, Father, in dealing with Jared, Father, we curse these growths in Jesus' name. We can't command them to leave this body in Jesus' name. In the name of Jesus. You have to leave this body. And Father, we curse the life that this growth is taking from this body. It will end taking life from this body. And it will shrivel up and die in Jesus' name. Father, we curse the life that's in that growth in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. In the name of Jesus healed in Jesus' name. And Father, I thank you that from this very moment, it's cursed. And it will shrivel and die, Father, and be removed from this body. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you. Thank you, Father. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. <clears throat> Well, Father, we just thank you for your goodness and kindness, Father. We thank you for your word. We thank you for your spirit. And Father, we thank you for the spirit of faith that we get to live in each and every day. And Father, we give you all praise and honor for these things. We thank you for them, Father. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Well, is the Lord good? He's good all the time. Amen. We appreciate his goodness and kindness. And so, uh, well, let's get ready to receive this afternoon's offering. And I wanted to remind, remind you, if you weren't here this morning, uh, we, we've got our healing, our healing covenant calendars here. This is not a uh, sales pitch here uh, because I'm going to give it to you, right? And so, but the, the calendar's got 365 verses, every one, one verse each day about healing. Amen. And so there's 365 verses from 365 translations of the Bible there. And so if you want to build up your faith in, um, in healing, 
and you're too lazy to read the big book back there, right? That's one, one verse a day, right? You can do that. So that's harsh right there, right? Not much of a sales pitch, is it? <laughs> What's that? Oh, supplement. Yeah, see, 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 so nice, right? If you want to supplement your, your uh, faith there, uh, and that's just, uh, uh, that's just one verse a day, amen? Uh, and so come ahead, Mr. Jared, and receive the offering. And, uh, and so if you'd like, I want to copy the calendar the, the back there in that basket there. And so help yourself to those. And um, this is not for you to sell on eBay, right? Uh, this is just for your personal benefit. Amen. Uh, and so, um, well, praise God. So, um, and I like the word, right? I like reading the word. I think the, uh, the word of God is always the basis of all of our faith. And so nothing, nothing replaces the word. Amen. Uh, and so praise God. We'll, we'll be blessed. Have a wonderful week and we'll see you next Sunday, right? So.